Hi, my beautiful people. This is Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for so long. I'm giving you a real big hug right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm giving you this big hug because I feel like everybody needs a hug or a, hey, you're doing great or you look nice or just compliment each other. I mean, see, I felt like I needed to start this because I've been running into so many people that just want to talk about their life experiences, the relationships or like any story they needed to share. This could be something magical or something they wanted to share, but they're afraid of what others would think, me included. Or if you're hurting inside or have a funny story about life lessons you'd like to talk about, I would love for you to reach out. This could be the worst or your best times. Listen, I have some good topics. We're going to have a lot of fun because I believe the best medicine is to talk about it because someone else is dealing with the same shit. Hi, my beautiful people. Today on Spill With Me, Jenny D. I have the pleasure and honor of talking to Melissa, who is a great friend of mine. And we we were always talking about certain situations and people's relationships and marriage. And, you know, a lot of men and women don't want to talk about divorce. Divorce. Oh, my God, you can't talk about it. It's like the black sheep. That was way back when. But now I feel like we have to be open and honest with ourselves because we're all going through something. It's not perfect. Marriage is not perfect. You know, you marry your high school sweetheart or we need to address it and talk about the issues because somebody else could be going through the same thing. So, Melissa, hi. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Yeah, I'm so glad you're joining us today. Thank you. I'm so glad that we um, actually did this. We were talking about it for a while. We just hit it off right away. So I think we can gab up a storm and we could have our own podcast on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could we could do like a me and my girlfriend. We were always saying we were going to drink wine and do a podcast, and then. And those two moms started doing that says I mom so hard, but I was like, that was my idea first. That's right. How dare them take your idea? <laughs> yes. I know. You know what? It podcasts, especially talking about relationships, because I've been talking to so many women lately that have the same kind of stories. You get married for certain reasons. You find this person, and this is a person you think, you know what? I can spend the rest of my life with you. But I was young when I first got married. I was nine, or I started, we were like 20. So we got married at 26. We were young. We were babies. How old were you when you got married? I was actually 27, and I didn't get married young. I I waited it out, and um, I remember, you know, thinking, geez, I'm kind of starting late compared to a lot of other people that I know. I was all like, I want to have my career, and I want to travel and see the world. And, yeah, so I kind of waited it out and then finally decided to get married. And it was, um, it was we were together for 20 years. And so, you know, you were saying before, you're like, you're not going to sugarcoat anything when it comes to divorce because why? No, it's, uh, you know, Jenny McCarthy has that book about, um, she had the book about pregnancy and the book about her son having autism. And she, I relate to her because I don't, I don't sugarcoat it at all. I just, I say what I mean and mean what I say. And there's no reason to, because there's so many other people who are stuck or trapped you know, need to hear this for the same reasons that I did, because you think you can't do something about it, but you can, and other people go through it. You just have to figure out how and when, and then make the move to do it. Right. And you, you know, you hear these other women and men talk and you're thinking, why don't they think they can get out? Do we feel like, well, you know what, we're stuck because we got the kids or we're stuck because we don't have the finances or we're stuck because who else is going to love me? How did you feel with your marriage? How did it kind of go spiraling. 
I would say all of the above to that, but I, when I married, I married, you know, I married for love and I was never, you know, oh, Mr. Right, my soulmate. I never was, was like that. Uh, I'm very realistic, but at the same time, I, I married because he was, he was a police officer. So I, I married because I thought I was picking the right one and I was choosing somebody that I could feel safe with and somebody that my family would approve of. That was kind of, you know, how that all unfolded. And then, you know, we got along. His family was great. We all got along well. Um, so you just think everything's going to fall into place. Right. And then so you're going through the marriage. It's like, okay, let's start a family. Did you start a family right away or did you wait? Well, we did. We started a family. I actually, we were, he was getting ready to get hired with another police department. We were getting ready to move and we were planning on getting married, but then I found out I was pregnant. So I was terrified to tell my family. Now I'm 27 and I'm terrified to tell my family because I'm thinking. Well, tell the listeners, your family's very religious. Yes, they're very religious. I went to Christian school. We were at church all the time. My family's still involved with the church. Um, So I was like mortified. I thought, this is this isn't going to go over well. So by the time I finally we decided to to say something, I you had to, I just thought my dad is going to die. You know. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you hear you find out that like your brothers had you know were pregnant before they got married. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh-huh. the, yeah, where, where I was feeling that it was something they were doing, you know, or had done and had gone through it. Right. So yeah. So when I we found out, we went ahead and, and decided to bump up the wedding. And then instead of him going to this police department out of state, we ended up staying because I, we figured we needed the family yes. um, to help out. Right, exactly. And, you know, it, the family is very supportive, but, you know, you you got, you got need family when you're starting out your own family, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're a very Italian family and, I mean, very close. We all lived on the same street. I mean, I mean you know, we were like the part or up the block or up the road we we did we even all camped together you know like yeah. so it's so yeah so you always want to make sure you meet their approval and that that's that's a blessing and a curse at the same time too oh yeah I know with my marriage I was dating my husband for about six years and he's half Italian like I am so I was like oh my grandparents are gonna just love him because he's Italian so you do you look for that person your family's gonna approve of as well as yeah. you know falling in love and you're actually growing up with this person in your marriage you know you're kind of going through your 30s and your 40s and and I feel like you change so much and you know when you're having kids your main priority right then and there is taking care of the kids right yeah Yep. Everything else goes to the wayside. And when you're when you're with somebody also who works shift work, your life isn't your own because you're no matter what you're doing, you're still working around their schedule. It's hard. It's it's a hard life. A lot of women don't realize that getting into being involved with somebody who's on shift work. So when they're home, they're still tired when they're um, work. They're not with the kids and they think it's exhausting because they're at work, but they don't have the kids with them. So They walk in the door. They want the kids to hang out with them. They just want their their man time, you know, their downtime. And we're sitting back going, well, when do we get ours? (laughs) I know. I totally agree because mine traveled. Yeah. He'd come home. I was like, he goes, I'm sick of eating out. I'm like, yo, I'm sick of eating in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I was, I'm always like, when, so I was really big with like having girls night. We'd always have girls night and I would always try to get my girlfriends together just so I can find some sort of, um, outlet, or uh, something. you know, 
release. We, we always oh, call yeah. it wine therapy. So just yes. so that we could get together and, and vent and let loose. And I always, I was the one that was older and had kids before a lot of my other friends. So I was kind of, I'm always the one that takes one for the team or I'm always the one that goes out in the front and charges Charge. on to Come figure on, it follow out. Me. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then everybody, you either follow me or you let me hit the bump in the road and then they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. That didn't work. But right. I'm the one that figures it out first. It's, so. a, it's almost like you're the one that's, remember Frank the Tank in that movie, Wedding Crash? No, Wedding, what was that called? I forget. Mm. But he was like, come on, everybody. And his wife pulls up and she goes, what are you doing, Frank? And he's like, we're streaking through the quad. Look, and there's nobody behind him. Uh, that's totally me. I crash weddings and I would streak. So I completely relate to that. Oh, I think it's called old school. I think it was old school. That's what it was. But no, I mean, it is true. Like, you have to have fun. I need, you know, I had Wine Wednesday. He would be traveling Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And on Wednesdays, I'd be like, all right, Wine Wednesday. Let's do, you know, I had to drink wine on Wednesday. <laughs> and it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> I know. And you know what? I do not take those days back because. Because when you're in it, like you said, with the kids, couples need it too. And that I think that's what we lost. And I, let me ask you this. Did you lose this too? Well, we didn't go out as a couple. We didn't do things. It's just the two of us. We did. I was very, I, I really tried to keep us doing things because I'm definitely one that doesn't like to stay home. I, I want to be out and being involved. And I used to love to go dancing and, you know, we'd go down to Pittsburgh all the time and do things. And But I, after a while, it felt like I was the one always doing it and he couldn't because he was working or he was tired. So I was finally to the point where the kids were getting to that age where they were, they were okay staying with somebody. So I would be going out with the girls and then he wouldn't. So we would, you know, not have our time together then it was just yeah we we didn't we didn't always have the time for each other and his shift work like he would work weekends it was it was definitely I mean you really have to make an effort like they say it puts a toll on your marriage puts a toll on you because Mm -hmm. you're thinking I'm not living my life just sitting at home and not doing anything if he's not wanting to do stuff because you need to find that common balance you need to do something for you right. as well as as a couple and if you're not doing that then it becomes like resentful you know you resent I resented mine from going out to these nice fancy dinners and he was probably resenting me because I was home enjoying being with the kids but we never talked about that you know? right he never discussed yeah. it and there was a point where I mean I have my my teaching degrees but of course that I was subbing for three different um, schools, cleaning houses, working, all kinds of, you know, odds and ends jobs just to have money or figure things out. And then the kids come and you realize you can't just do that all the time. You can't pick up a a sub job at five in the morning and figure out where the kids are going to go. And so all these things that are all the mom's real concern, the the men just kind of go along with it because he had his job and he was secure in in what he was doing. And um, so, yeah, so it was always me that I felt was paying the price for not having this big career. Because then you have mom guilt, you know, where you feel like you shouldn't, you shouldn't do certain things. You shouldn't. My mom was home with me. I mean, she worked off and on, but I always felt like because my family was around because we had a family business. I always felt like they were around. So I always felt like my kids needed to have me around also. Right. Yeah. See, my mom was a single mom. So she had put herself through school and she was working a lot. So it was hard for her to balance, you know, because it was me and my brother. But I feel like there are some families that whatever you grew up with, like I was okay. I did my thing and my mom was there to guide me, but I was felt like I was going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like our family, I'm, 
14 years um, younger than my old, my younger brother. We were, there was a huge generation gap there. So the things, you know, how they grew up and how I grew up were two different, completely different generations. And it, it almost felt like they held it against me because I didn't have it so rough because they were always at the family business working. But I, I was the girl, you know, I didn't, that's not the direction that my mom wanted me to go in. But meanwhile, I'd fight to get to the garage as much as I could to go hang out, get dirty and, you know what I mean, like be a tomboy. So, but then as you get older, you just, you start to get away from that more and you start to have your friends and then you get boy crazy then you want to start hanging out with the boys and you know what I mean so yeah and Christian school you know was I mean it was the greatest experience I love all of my friends from Christian school we are all still pretty close so I wouldn't change that for the world I mean I absolutely love them all yeah see now I went to an all girls private Catholic school so you could only imagine how boy crazy I was (laughs) I was like where's the boys against some of the, 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 the schools that were all girls and we were like oh my gosh how did they do oh, that? No. That would be I know. you know what it, it really didn't after the first year you're like eh, it didn't really matter because you couldn't really hang out with them at school anyway but it was definitely you know the central boys and certain kind of other schools were always like at the dances with us it was it was a learning experience and you know I did meet a lot of great girls there so we you know we had a lot of fun but yeah we're boy crazy and then yeah. you know you fall in love and you know you're like you look at your parents and you're like, oh, they've been married for how long have your parents been married? Forever. My my mom just passed. She was 88. And my dad's. Oh, right. um, I'm sorry, honey. Gosh, 90 and 91. Oh. And um, so they've been married 65 plus years. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing, hon. Now, bring us back. So with your whole marriage and, you know, raising kids and trying to find yourself, how did you finally realize, you know what? I can't do this, right? I got to find me. I got to put me first. I would say, well, when I had gotten pregnant with my second, we were already having issues because communication was, you know, it just, and let me take it back to this too. When we had my daughter, um, she was ADHD and I, I knew that by the age of two that she was, you know, had some behavior problems and was extremely hyper. And, um, after a while, I mean, I literally had to sneak her out to get her evaluated because he didn't believe me. He just thought, you know what I mean? She just had a lot of energy. And so I I had her evaluated and she was ADHD, genius level, but because she couldn't sit still long enough. So then it was opposition defiant because she'd argue everything no matter what. And so that took its toll on us. When you raise a child that has, you know, a diagnosis like that, I mean, let alone, you know, autism or, you know what I mean, having a a handicap, just the facts of the ADHD. I mean, people don't understand the depth of that until you actually have one and you live that life. So... I always felt like I have I was a single mom because of shift work a lot. And I mean I had a lot of help, but you know, when I'm the only one that realized that she had this problem, everybody was like, Oh no, you know, you're crazy, you're crazy and I'm like, I, I work with children and I have a teaching degree and I'm telling you something needs to be done and we need to get the the proper help that we need. When we really started fighting and arguing about that, that's where I realized this is just not, no matter how much I tried to just let things go, it's just, it was just constant. It was, it was nonstop. And after I had my second, you know, you realize things are kind of going 
not well and um, did a lot of arguing. And then, then I found out he cheated on me. And I think that was biggest floored me he was the last person I ever expected it from that's tough I don't live under a I mean like I'm very aware that this happens but I it happens for some reason when it happens to you you're like oh my gosh yeah like this would never happen to me everybody thinks they're living this fairy tale life you know that's what they want to believe you know and it slaps you right in the face when you realize you know what we are not perfect yeah And, I, you know, I give you a lot of credit because, it, you know, having two kids and having your daughter with ADHD, it's it's a lot to handle. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. And, and luckily, my, my son didn't have ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> I always joke and say, sometimes you got to put all your eggs in one basket. So I figured getting her, we were lucky we got her through school with her IEP and everything. Yeah. So luckily, my son does really well. He's He does, he's pretty much got straight A's and where there's not a whole lot of homework help needed to be so that that helps tremendously he's nothing like what I had to go through with her I mean besides he's a teenager now and dealing with the attitude right and it it takes a toll on you though because your kids are you know you love them you love them to the moon and back and you are trying to do the best job you can either way and you know with your daughter I'm sure she's doing great now and everything's processed for us as well as parents to learn what they're going through because they can't help with you know when they're having that they're getting anxious or they just can't sit down it's not something they can control and there's so much more involved to it you know being a therapist with children you realize there's there's so many other aspects there's sensory processing disorder where it's not even that they don't want to sit down it's they physically can't because their body has to be in motion constantly the hardest part though i would say was being able to go in and work with other families to help their children go through this and help with you know having them diagnosed and, and evaluated and finding out if they had delays or special needs and then teaching them how to handle it but then coming home and not being able to handle it myself I always would tell my families I would say now I'm going to tell you this and these are what I what I suggest but I'm going to go home and things it doesn't work like that so then you have to just keep going back to the drawing board and figuring it out right. and divorce I mean marriage is the same way you know until you get to a point where you can't figure it out anymore or you shouldn't or when it starts to become you know or you don't feel safe anymore right you don't feel safe you don't feel the trust the communication yeah it's like okay what are we doing here because it could be toxic environment even for you and the yeah right everybody you know when you have that religious aspect where you feel like you should get divorced no it's not it's not that I mean it's just you could try all you want but there's just some people meant to be together and some people not and right. you don't figure that out till later exactly and like he's like we were saying before you people change you change you know you're not looking at like life in the same way like you're looking at now and which I'm so proud of you because I think about all the things you're doing and how you just picked yourself up and said you know what this is my life and I'm living it so yeah. tell us how great you're doing now because I'm I'm glad you're in a better place yeah, it was a struggle to get here. Um, I think I started another trend because, like I said, I start and people follow. So I started the divorce process. It was a very long process. He fought everything because I guess he felt he could. And um, and then all of a sudden, all of the people I knew were starting to do the same, realizing they don't need to take it anymore and start to, you know, they, they would be like, oh, I'm getting divorced. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh. And I would feel bad, but at the same time, I would feel feel 
I finally, I empowered them to take that step because they realized I went through it and it, you can do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's hard. It's going to drive you nuts. You're going to lose your mind and you're going to lose family. You're going to lose friends. But on the other side, you have to wake up and say, am I a better person for it? And am I happier? Right. The answer is yes. Right. Because I mean, I've talked to so many women and men, but mostly women right now that are saying the same story that you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're all, and it's all around like the forties. They're saying, okay, I'm done. I need, mm-hmm. to, I need to find me. And it is, it's scary. Like during COVID and I thought, okay, wait, if I'm going to die of COVID or you know something should happen to me, am I happy? Am I enjoying my life? You know, cause right. moms, we never really put ourselves or dads, you know, that stay at home dads or dads that take care of the kids. We don't put ourselves first, right. <laughs> you know? And it's like, why? Because if we're not happy, then the kids are not going to be happy because they see mom being miserable. <laughs> right, right. And then you feel guilty because now you're finally putting yourself first. And then, you're selfish. you know, cycle. I mean, I'm, I'm having fun, you know, and my son's like, you know, I, I says, come on, let's go do stuff. And he's like, I don't feel like it. Well, I don't sit there and beg and plead for him to do it anymore. I'm like, okay, you want to stay home and sit in your room? Go ahead. Right. I'm not going to do it. Like, we're yeah. going to go out. We're going to take a walk. We're going to... Uh, you know, take a hike, we're going to meet your sister and do things. And I just, I can't keep doing everything to make everybody happy because it's just, it's not healthy. It's, it'll, it's the difference between life and death sometimes where you feel like, you know, you're going to die if you have to do one more thing that you didn't really want to do. I love to travel. Like that's my biggest thing is I love to travel. I figure out how to do that any way I can. And if I was still stuck in the same situation, I can't say that I would have done a lot of the traveling that I did. Right. Um, because you feel bad or you feel like you can't afford it. But you know, when you go through that and times change, you start to figure out ways of doing other things and, and coming up with people that you can surround yourself with that are interested in doing it too and then doors open you know they you start talking to them you start meeting other people you start getting outside of your comfort zone Um, and then that's when you really kind of open up and realize like you're a whole different person you didn't even realize it yes and so true and with this podcast melissa i'm meeting so many wonderful people and i'm like i'm getting more friends now (laughs) yeah and it's therapy for you right i love it i love it yes because it's like (laughs) i i said you know what anything goes with this podcast And I knew that this subject of divorce was one of those women, actually, that I've talked to wanted to talk about it. And but everybody, I think, oh, everybody has a different perspective. But I'm finding out that it's a lot of the same stories. It's yeah. a lot of the same. Different incidences that happen right. to bring them to that same to perspective. Trigger you, yes. Yeah, very much the same. But look at you now, girl. I see a oh. strong-willed woman that is ready to conquer the world. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> you know, sometimes you feel like you feel like an imposter. You feel like you can't move far in life because you don't have that husband or that security blanket. I still go through that. And, you know, I'm sure most women do, but you figure out how to do it and I've meeting meeting people like you and joining the networking groups that I have um these women are powerful oh my gosh these networking groups and they persevered exactly I see them and I'm like wow 
they they can do it. Anybody, you know, we can do it. Like we can become ourselves. And right. I, now that I'm doing, the, you know, my kids are like, Mom, we never see you. you're always working. I'm like, I stayed at home with you guys. I raised you. It's mommy's turn to do something she enjoys right. too. And you know, right. and they see it and they know it. And I told them, I said, I'm going to have to have you guys on, and you can talk about your mom. <laughs> oh, I would love to do that. I couldn't imagine. Put your kids on. I know. Saying the same thing. <laughs> I should have a podcast to say this is a. The kids' point of view, different families, and I know, and it's you know, to me right now is when I see, like you said, in, at networking groups with all these women, and I see this power, like this, that's coming on to these women that have just been around them, gives me that energy and that positive, like I'm, I can do this, I can be mm-hmm. strong for me and for my family, you know. Oh, we got to go out, girl. Wine oh, Wednesday. Anytime. <laughs> I'm always ready. That's the one thing I've never lost. I'm always ready to go out and do something. Yeah. I'm always ready to. COVID kind of curbed that for a while because yes. you get that anxiety about going out. Even now, like, so the wine consulting that I was doing, the business, I was I was out and meeting people all the time and, and teaching people about wine. And, and then COVID comes and then all of a sudden your social life is completely gone. Yes. Now you get that little bit of anxiety before you go out and you think, eh. I could just stay home because I've become this homebody. Yes, you're that right. I never was. Me too. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I sometimes have to force myself to say, "Okay, I'm going to get up and go." It's getting easier, but that yeah. COVID really, I mean, played a number on even the most social people. Oh yeah, and I was up at not this is the same subject, but I was up at my daughter's college for Mom's weekend, and her girlfriend turned 21. I'm like, just go out, go have fun, you know. So I thought I'll just go back to her apartment. I'll just sit in there, and I thought, you know what? It was like ten, like quarter ten. I'm like, I'm gonna go sit at the bar and I'm gonna sit by myself. And you know what I? Because you know, sometimes you sit there like, oh, I'm gonna look like an idiot. I'm sitting by myself having a drink. But I, I felt so empowered when I walked in that bar and I sat at, at the bar by myself and I ordered a drink and water. And I felt like, you know what? I don't care. Stare at me. Look at me. I'm having a blast by yeah, myself. Didn't, I didn't need anybody. Uh, like an escort waiting to be picked up? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they probably said, hey, who is she? <laughs> hey, men can do it all the time. Why can't women? That's right. I was having fun. And I was, you know, and I was like, well, I just did insomnia cookies. But you do. You have to do things for you that you enjoy. Right. And if you sit on the couch and you don't get up, who can we blame but ourselves? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So any last words for our listeners, love? Well, I would say if you need a good attorney, call me because I had a really good attorney. (laughs) Hey, that's (laughs) good advice. Call me because I feel like we have to have somebody hold our hand and show us how to go through it because if you don't have that you're learning it on your own and it can be expensive it could be traumatizing and you can avoid a lot of that if you find the right people to help support you and get you through it and don't be ashamed it's not something that we have to push under the rug anymore we got to take charge of our lives and if divorce happens separation happens it's okay there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with anybody. It's just you, you grow apart or you fall out of love. Things and happen. it's healthier for the kids sometimes because you being in that situation, you think you're staying in it for the right reasons. But I know when I talked to my kids about it and, and they were like, yes, needed to happen. You know, and that's, that's what you have, to, you have to teach your kids. Look, do what's best for you. Right. Don't do it because, oh, you know, I got to stay because of the kids. I got to stay because my family approves. You know, don't do not do that. That's not 
worth it. Don't feel safe. Right. Get out. Exactly. Oh, Melissa, thank you so much. I feel thank like you. you are so cute. You are. This- I love you. I love you, too. I, You and I and Tracy are going out and having some drinks. <laughs> We're going to need somebody to bail us out. We're going to get an Uber driver. Or <laughs> that sounds awesome. Aww. Well, thank you very much. You keep doing an amazing job with this because women need to hear it and they need to know that there's a safe place and there's all these other options and all you know there's people out that that are doing this all the time but you you find somebody you click with and you continue to listen to them and then you become you know you feel like you're part of their family and it's just it just is a way of life then you start to take on their thoughts but you also start to take on their positivity and their happiness and they realize they're you're not alone and I think you should light on to a lot of that yes thank you so much because that's the whole reason to do this is knowing you're not alone out there there's somebody else going through it it's a good feeling to have because nobody wants to feel alone in this world exactly we got I enough said it any better we got enough crap going on oh thank that's you why I drink wine I mean it really helps <laughs> hey, with that, that could crap. be therapy wine's there wine therapy absolutely <laughs> right you do whatever's good for you that's that's all that matters on but I appreciate being on spill with me Jenny D take care thank you so much for joining me with spill with me Jenny D you can be anonymous planning on having guest speakers or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel to heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny D.